You're listening to Were You Still Talking? Hey, welcome back. Thanks for joining me once again. This is Joel Albrecht, and today in my Zoomio, uh, my Zoom studio, I have Kevin Rose. This is a very unique individual. I'm so honored to have him on the show. We're going to talk about something that um, suddenly is, is incredibly needed, not only nationwide, but worldwide. We're going to talk about ways to reduce stress. Kevin is an expert in stress reduction. He's come up with ways to reduce stress almost instantaneously. And he also started a very unique program that I'm not even going to try to explain. I'm going to have him explain it. It's called The Catalyst. And what it is, is he takes takes people and introduces them to big cats like tigers, (laughs) but not like the Tiger King. And that I've just got to get this out of the way right at the top. Kevin, have you have you watched The Tiger King? No, I have not. Okay, <laughs> that's all we need to spend on that. So, yeah, the catalyst is so it's such an incredible thing. So, I mean, let's let's kind of start at the top. I know my most of my listeners have not heard of this. How how did you come up with this program? It's it's so cool, so unique. Yeah, um, so I, I try to give the short version. It's a, it's, it's a very long and drawn out version, but um, on um, September 11th, I, like everyone else in the world really, was saying, what can I do? It's September 11th, 2001. What can I do here? What can I do to respond? And for lack of better words, I heard this really, really clear direction from that voice way deep down inside of me and said, uh, we're going to war. And you were to create a program that helps those coming home feel grounded and peaceful. So That's from amazing. that point on, it was a, a long process of just following universal breadcrumbs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am a, mas- a massage therapist, a manual therapist, been practicing 25 years. Uh, right after that, I began working at a clinic where the doctor who uh, owned the clinic, he actually provided free um, programs to combat veterans. Uh, so I got to work with a lot of combat veterans. And what I saw was we could help them relax in the moment. But after they would get up from the table, it's like they would just crank right back up on the stress level. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, you know, that's, that's really interesting. This was something that was really consistent across the board with people. So I had had the opportunity to work with animals my whole life as well, not only just, you know, working and being with them, but also working hands-on with them. And I had the opportunity to work with wolves hands-on. And I was actually working to help uh, reduce their injuries. So the program, it was at a place called Wolf Park in Battleground, Indiana, of all places. Uh, it's an ethology park where they study the wolves in their habitat. And it's about seven or eight wolves in the main pack at all times in about a 30 acre enclosure. And so when we walked into this 30 acre enclosure, this pack of seven wolves comes charging up the hill at me because I'm the new guy. Right. Well, they started right. bumping and growling. And, and because I'm, my energy level is challenging the hierarchical situation. 
Well, my heart is in my throat. I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen a wolf uh, in person, but they're 125, 150 pounds, very, very big animals. And I knew I had to do something and freaking out wasn't the best option. No. So I, I, uh, (laughs) I call on a technique that my grandmother taught me when I was 12 years old. And I started doing this grounding technique, bringing myself into the present moment. And as I did, the wolves, they just walked away from me. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. Did that just happen? And I'm a huge fan of the scientific method. So I thought, can I make it happen again? Right? So I raised my stress level and sure enough, here they come back in around me, bumping and growling. So it was just, it was just like a pattern. I used the grounding technique, they walked away. And then they started coming up to me one at a time and letting me work hands-on with them. So as long as I kept my energy level contained and grounded, they were fine. So I knew that, long story short, I knew that this this interaction was something that was going to be really uh, key to um, starting this program, whatever it was. And I then, long again, uh, I had the opportunity to begin working with an animal sanctuary close to me, and they have animals of all kinds. Uh, and I approached the woman who owns the facility and said, listen, I have this idea for a program. Uh, I want to make it free for combat veterans. Um, and turns out her father was a Vietnam veteran, committed suicide as a result of PTSD. Oh, wow. So... I started this program, it's called The Catalyst, and it's a human-animal interaction experience where we help people go from feeling totally stressed out to absolutely calm in just seconds. And the way we do it is we bring them face-to-face with, as you said, tigers. Uh, We Mm -hmm. also have monkeys, raccoons, emus, farm animals, all kinds of animals. Um, and it's always free to combat vets. I'm open to the public as well, but the concentration of the program is on combat vets. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. how it works is I'll, when someone shows up, uh, I'll have them think of something stressful. I don't ever ask any details. I just have them think of something and begin to feel where that stress translates into their body. And as that happens, I'll have them quantify the stress level, zero to 10, zero being no stress, 10 is excruciating stress. And as we begin to approach the enclosure, the animals will mirror whatever the person is feeling. So if they're angry or uptight, then they'll see the animal either run away, growl, uh, but it's a very, very clear mirror uh, to what they're feeling. I then teach this really simple grounding technique. And as the person grounds, they watch the animal ground as well. So it's a biofeedback, basically, Uh, but it's right in front of you and it's you know with a 400 pound 500 pound tiger it it can be very convincing for sure yes i've seen the videos with these animals and uh for one there a lot of beautiful animals at at that facility um you know that looks like at least one very a couple really healthy tigers and you know people don't realize until they get up to them i went to tippy hedron's um um facility mm-hmm. a long long time ago i don't know if you know mm-hmm. about her but i do yeah. yeah it was a very similar they were just through chain link fences and they were not handled at all these were fairly wild animals and when you get that close to a wild uh, tiger or lion 
and they start talking, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty incredible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's and that that feeling that you got when you approach the fence. So what I'm dealing with is the fight, flight, or freeze response, mm -hmm. and specifically in combat veterans, but anyone really that's dealt with PTSD and has some kind of trauma, uh, it's a fight, flight, or freeze reaction. But what happens is, is that fight, flight, or freeze reaction gets stuck, for lack of better words. And so having the person come that close to that large of an animal, what it does is it elicits that response naturally so that I'm not doing anything, you know, to create that. It's just happening naturally, whether it's excitement or fear, either one, both of them have kind of the same frequency. Oh, right. So when they get into that, into that state, then I can really teach them uh, the grounding technique and, and they can really begin to feel it in their body. And as, again, as they, as they do this, it's such a natural process as they learn the technique. Um, the body will pick it up really quickly. So it's not something that takes a long time to learn, literally 90 minutes. Um, I've had about probably about 100 combat vets come through. And in 90 minutes, it changes the dynamic in how they feel. It's pretty incredible. It, yeah, that's absolutely incredible. So, um, I mean, it, it's, uh, it's really Where fun to, to watch. This, right? What's that? Yeah. I said, where to go with this, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's next? <laughs> What's next? Uh, well, I love the fact that it was sort of taught to you by wolves. I mean, it's it's like wolves showed you this idea in a way, yeah. um, and you uh, you just kind of ran with it. But you didn't. It wasn't like you just started there. You had years of experience working up to this. I mean, this isn't. You didn't start from scratch with this idea. You had already right. worked with a lot of people and, and had been working with stress a long time. And Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've done, I mean, I've been a manual therapist for 25 years. So uh, when I tell people I've done probably over 35,000 clinical hours, and, and I don't say that uh, to impress, I say it to impress upon that, that I've had a lot of experience uh, with stress and with people. And, you know, we're different shapes, sizes, colors, but we're all basically the same, right? I mean, we're all engineered the same way. And so what it's given me is a very unique kind of laboratory to work with because mm -hmm. the consistency of the person and, and consistency of emotions, um, from a scientific method standpoint, what I do is replicable. And so that makes it even more sound and significant in that, you know, in that, genre in the scientific method genres. Right. And I mean, it, uh, it's, I wish there was a way to, um, duplicate you a hundred, mm. hundreds and hundreds of times, because <laughs> it seems to me, um, I know combat is completely different than anything else, but it seems to me that with what people are going through now, there's going to be a lot of PS PTSD or, you know, a lot yeah. of similar, uh, responses in the coming months and years, because I know it doesn't, it, it takes a lot, it can take a long time to, to realize that that's going on for people and, and yeah. to, to get some kind of help with it. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's got a, it's got a stigma to it. Um, that stigma is disappearing a bit uh, with more exposure, mm -hmm. I think, uh, the PTSD stigma, or even um, having a mental challenge, you know, has holds a stigma. Right. And so a lot of right. people will avoid getting any kind of help uh, because of that stigma. 
So what I try to do is teach people this technique. And in that, because it's so simple, it's something they can call on at any time. And literally, as you said, it can, it can change. It changes the stress cycle really quickly. Right. Um, we have something in our brainstem called the reticular activating system. And this structure in our brainstem, basically it filters out all the information coming in through our senses. All right. And so it, in that filtering process, it will decide whether something is known or foreign, safe, or dangerous, right? It's like a, a the binary system and it will put it in those categories. Well, what happens is it will also, that same system, if I'm in a stressful state, it will begin looking in the environment to find stress to be able to identify. So wherever I am in the moment, that particular activating system will begin scanning the environment to see if there's any other threats. Now, the beauty of this is that the converse is true. If I'm calm, that particular activating system will also look in the environment for calm. Oh, so, okay. Right? Okay. So it's, it's absolutely, it goes both ways. So right. the reason I teach this is because of the simplicity. Even though our bodies are super, super complex, the simplicity of the operating system is remarkable. Mm -hmm. And we work on... I, I'm sure you're familiar with Nikola Tesla. And oh, yeah. Nikola, Nikola Tesla said that if you want to learn the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. So we are energetic beings, right? We're putting out an electrical field. And there's something called, uh, in physics, a phenomenon of resonance. Are you familiar with resonance? I am, yes. Yeah, so resonance, right? If if two uh, two objects, if there's if there's a um, say two acoustic guitars in the same room tuned to the same uh, key, you pluck the string on one, and the other will vibrate and make that sound, right? Right. And the same thing with uh, airplanes. I didn't know this before, but they actually tune the airplane metal differently than the engine because if it, they didn't it would shake apart in midair i i'm actually a pilot i'm not a oh, you are. i'm a yeah i'm not current but i have a pilot's license so right on there are there are lots of um difficult situations you can get in with harmonic resonance uh, in a yeah. plane so yeah, it's yeah. Like, yeah. And that's and even more so in a helicopter oh i'm yeah. sure i'm yeah. sure and that's that's remarkable when i heard that i was like wow that's incredible but the reason I'm talking about this is if we're all attuned basically the same way, like I said, you know, we're all designed, we're all engineered the same way. And mm -hmm. so we are engineered to maintain a, a certain frequency. And if I'm calm, the person next to me will pick up that resonance. Now, they may choose not to remain calm, but they will feel that calm. So that's the reason I teach this is because if I can do it and if you can do it, how exponentially will that spread, right? People say, what can I do to stop this? You can ground yourself. You can calm yourself. Oh, and this is something that is echoed by, um, you know, spiritual teachers throughout the ages. I mean, that, yeah. that's like a Buddhist philosophy. It's uh, yeah. someone named Eckhart Tolle says these kind of things all the time. Uh, 
oh boy, the, the list goes on. It, it's a it's kind of a well-known technique um, and it needs to be put out there more. And it, it also, when you were talking about that, it made me think of um, how many, how much people watch the news and look at Facebook and look at Instagram and how much that feeds in to their, uh, you know, to their tension, to their absolutely and fear and whatever. It's like we, and then it and then it goes over and then people keep posting about the same thing over and over. This is this terrible thing has happened and this has happened and this has that, and uh, yeah. So I can see where um, how that would just it. You're not even looking for it, but it keeps feeding the same response and the same response. And you know, I've I've often thought to myself and even have said it on the podcast before. If you're having a lot of problems with anxiety turn everything off for a, yeah. you know, that, that seems absolutely. And what you're saying makes sense for doing that. You've got to get yourself in a different state. Uh, yes. First, the, the body, the body works through and stays balanced through a homeostatic me mechanism. So it's always looking for balance. Always, always, always. And, but we have free will. Right. So right. I can keep staring at the news. I can I can keep staring at social media. I can keep staring at this screen. Mm -hmm. And what my body will do, it will continue to maintain. But eventually, just like anything, if I put a load on this system, it's going to break down. And when it breaks down, um, that's when disease, dis-ease happens. Right, right. Yeah, and I, yeah, that's another thing that I've heard before uh, from several different uh, several different things. And um, you also have written a book on this. What I is, have. What is the name of the book? The name of the book is The Catalyst Experience, mm -hmm. How Rescued Tigers Heal Trauma-Scarred Souls. I wrote that with a guy named Graham Spence, um, fantastic writer, wildlife writer, um, very proud of the book. Finished it in May. So glad last May. So glad that I finished it. And uh, but it was a great experience. Mm -hmm. And it kind of chronicles from my start to the end uh, how I developed the program. Oh, that's great. And yeah. in that book, it also has these techniques in it to to it help does. with stress response and to absolutely. I uh, um, to the chagrin of my editor. Uh, mm -hmm. I have on my website, uh, I, I actually took the technique, I had it illustrated by a Disney artist, which was really cool in my opinion, because she was a fantastic artist. Oh, yeah. And I put that, uh, it's on my website, if, they, if people go, there's a drop down box where you can put your email and stuff in and that will give you uh, that copy of that PDF for free. Uh, but I... I put that right in the center of my book because, and the editor said, well, this doesn't quite fit. And I said, it doesn't matter. I want everyone to have access to it because that's what this is all about. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, and to be quite honest, Joel, I'd like to walk you through the technique. I love doing that with podcasters because, or, or anyone that I'm interviewing with, because if I can show you personally and I can show you in real time, 
it makes the translation even more. Would you be willing, a willing participant in that? I would love to do that because, awesome. um, you know, this uh, podcasting is a new thing with, to me and podcasting with people that I haven't actually met before other than five or 10 minutes before the podcast is very uh, new thing. And so my stress re response does go off. It, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, do you have something there to drink? Do you have a glass of water or anything? If not, it's fine. We'll I actually else. don't today. Okay, no problem. Usually. How about a pen? Yeah, I got a pen. All right. Where so just keep it I handy. I got a pen. I know I got a pen. Or a piece of paper. It doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. You can use there anything. We go. Yeah. Got, got a pen. Okay, a pen. good. So here's what I'm going to have you do. I want you to uh, feel yourself sitting in the chair. I want you to wiggle your toes a little bit. When you wiggle your toes, what that does is it brings your awareness all the way down through your body. Okay. okay. Now, bring to mind something that immediately creates stress. Okay. You have it? Yep. Yep. Okay. Now, as you're thinking about that stress, as you're letting it roll around in your mind, I want you to notice where in your body you begin to feel that stress translate. Okay. Where do you feel it? Really, in, like in my chest and solar plexus. Okay. okay, zero out of 10, zero being no stress, 10 is excruciating. Where would you say it is right now on that continuum? It's at about a seven. seven. Okay, so pick up the pen. Okay. Yep, and just feel the texture of the pen in your hand. Notice what it feels like. Is it rough? Is it smooth? Does it have edges? Notice the temperature. Click it. Listen to the sound it makes as you're clicking it. Yeah, hold it up to your nose. Smell it. That's kind of weird, I know. I'm not going to have you taste it, all right? <laughs> but bring your awareness back down to your fingers, all right? Really feel the texture of the pen. And zero out of 10, measure that stress level now. It's gone down significantly, probably a four. About a four. Okay. A four. So how long did that take us? That took us uh, 37 seconds. 37 <laughs> seconds. Exactly. Right. So here's the thing. So it went from a seven to a four. So say 40% drop in 37 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Now, is this the first time you've ever done this? Yeah, it is. This, okay. It is the, so, I've done other techniques, but I've not done this one. Yes. Okay. So this is the first time you've ever done it and it dropped your stress level 40% in 37 seconds. So imagine if you begin doing this consistently throughout the day. So for example, I'll be driving in the car. I'll feel my stress beginning to elevate. I'll feel the steering wheel. I'll listen to the sounds in the car, smells in the car. I include all five senses at once. Now, this doesn't distract you from your stress. The stress itself is actually the distraction bringing your awareness out of your body and into your head. What this does is it brings you all the way back down into your body. And if you think stress and pain both are just biological cues, all right? If hunger, when you're hungry, what do you do? Uh, I think about food. Yeah, and you <laughs> probably eat at some point. Eventually, right? I eat. <laughs> yeah, when you're thirsty, you drink. Yes. When you're tired, you probably sleep. I hope to. All biological cues. Yeah. Um, fatigue, hunger, thirst, biological cues. Now, mm -hmm. unless we're hangry, we don't really freak out about you know those biological cues. We just do something that allows that cue to be satiated. 
right? right? And then we go about our business. But we don't just do it once in the day. We do it all throughout the day. Well, it's the same thing with stress and pain. It's just a biological cue. But we've never been taught that fact. We've never been taught that it's just the body saying, hey, pay attention. And so when we are in that stress and that's our body cueing us, when we come down into our body, wiggling our toes, bringing us all the way down, present, and then engaging all five senses, what that does is it tells the body, hey, I'm here. You don't have to do anything else about it. And as you can see, it begins to drop that stress level. Mm -hmm. Now, if you do this every day, continuously, imagine how proficient you get at it because of the homeostatic mechanism, that mechanism I spoke of earlier, right. because of that mechanism, it adopts this really quickly. And so stress and pain then just become a biological cue. Now, I'm not saying that, that once you do this, all the stress in the world goes away. It's just, that's not realistic, right? right. But what it does do is it gives you a place to navigate from. When you're hungry, if you don't eat, your body speaks louder, right? Right. Same way with stress and pain. If you don't do something to engage that, it will continue to get worse and worse and worse. But it's really, it's just getting worse up here, right? And then that translates all the way down through the body. That's very interesting you say that because the... Um as they could find nothing physically wrong with me when I was having severe lower back pain, um, that, I mean, technically that, that is what it was, is it was, yeah. it was the, the brain overreacting to, you know, probably very slight pressure on a nerve somewhere. And the, the brain was thinking it was worse than it was. So it, it's, you know, it's going way overboard, but I love this technique because it's almost like a, a quick meditation that doesn't, yes. you know, doesn't necessarily take 10 minutes. It can be 90 right. seconds. It can be a minute. And it's, uh, it is even something that I've fallen on on my own recently with the oh, good. stressors that have been happening in life. I've been trying to take time in the morning or at least before I start really doing something to just, even if I can't meditate, just to stop and listen. Yeah. And, you know, there's beautiful, it's been very quiet here in my little neighborhood in Oregon uh, nice. for, for months now. It's still yeah. very, in the morning, still. At first, I was, I, I was spooked out by it. It, it was a little spooky. <laughs> but now I'm starting to say, well, this is, a, is amazing to have this quiet time where there's nothing but birds and yeah. you know, nature sounds outside. Um, it, it, it makes a huge it, difference. Yeah, I, I can see that it makes a huge difference just to take a moment and, and you know, ground yourself yeah, really yeah and you know listen we live in a fast-paced world there you know there's no doubt about it and so what i needed was something to present that you could do all the time like i do this when i'm i'm doing this now when i'm talking to you right mm -hmm. i'm i'm always grounding myself uh, my grandmother taught me this when i was 12 years old so i've been doing it for 40 41 years wow. um and at the time i didn't even know what she was teaching me and it, it didn't really hit me until I started developing this program and I needed something to really be available and attainable so that you don't have to wear weird clothes and stand on top of a mountain in order to get to this place of calm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's, uh -huh. um, it's, it's something that, that everyone can do at all times. And my, my purpose with all of this is to teach as many people 
um, this technique as I can because I know that if I teach enough people that that resonance is going to begin. And, oh, yes. you know, I'm doing this for my daughter. I have a 10-year-old daughter, and she's got to have a world to grow up in. And I taught her this from the, from the moment that we could communicate. And it's mm-hmm. amazing to watch um, her response to things. It's just not the same as you might think a regular 10-year-old would have. It's a very introspective and very uh, grounded way of looking at things. Now, listen, we all throw temper tantrums. We all have our moments, right? Yes. But um, this gives you the means to come back in a really, really quick way. That's, that's uh, beautiful. That's absolutely amazing. I was wondering a couple things. One, are you able to do this now in, um, with, the, um, with the virus going on? Are you still able to have people come and visit the animals? And also um, now and in a regular environment, how many people can you, like how many visitors do you get um, like a week? How many people can, can do the program? Um, Yes, I, I, I am still doing it. Um, it's been, I, I work with kind of the flow of what comes in. Mm-hmm. Most people have been terrified, right? They don't want to do anything. Right. And so, you know, it kind of ebbs and flows. Um, I haven't been really busy with that. I, matter of fact, just started back uh, in my manual therapy practice uh, on Monday. Uh, so it's just now getting, you know, getting rolling again. On it depends on a, a you know in a regular week I may have five or six people I may have zero it kind of it kind of just ebbs and flows oh, okay. uh, it's all word of mouth uh, and so I don't do a whole lot of, I don't really do any advertising other than my Facebook account and things like that uh-huh. uh, when I work with combat vets usually what happens is one combat vet uh oh oh no. It froze. My goodness. Well, this isn't good. Oh, we're just getting to some good stuff, too. Did I lose him? I might have. Well, hold on just a minute. We'll see if this keeps going. See if he comes back. Oh, hey, sorry about that little edit here. I lost him. I'm doing Zoom, and I'm just recording through Zoom. So we lost him for just a second, but he does come back. Stand by. I will edit this out, and uh, we'll be right back right here. Uh, still connecting. It says you're connected. There we go. Yeah, oh, yeah I'm not sure goodness. what happened there. Uh, it's the Internet. You know. Technology. Yeah, it was probably uh, Russian spies. Yeah, that it was it, right? Been. It must have been. I think my dog is a Russian spy. He keeps telling me that. Thank goodness <laughs> for editing software. That's all I, I know, can. right? I know. <laughs> I know. My gosh. Oh. Yeah. So, do you remember what what? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was in the middle of talking about um, how many people I have per week. It oh, fluctuates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my whole I I do I am open to the public. Uh, I do public um, uh, sessions. I can do four or five people at a time, just because of the close quarters of where we walk uh, around the animals, mm-hmm. uh, and then I do some classes for massage therapists. We have to have continuing education units every year. And so I do some classes for that. Oh, okay. Uh, my, my main focus is with combat veterans. That's why the program's open and running is just to keep it sustained. Uh, and so it's always there for them. So that program works mainly from donations? 
Uh, it, it does. Yeah. Uh, I charge the general public to come through, mm -hmm. um, and but that money, it's really not a money making uh, venture for me. It's right. more of a, it's really a service venture. So yes. the money that comes in uh, helps to maintain the program, the combat veteran program, and then I work to. Um, I am not a fan of um, captivity. I'm just not. And so a lot of money that comes in, I'll put back into the, um, to the animal sanctuary mm -hmm. to give more rooms, build larger enclosures. Uh, that's my goal. I think if you're going to keep anything captive, you got to have as much room for them as possible. That's wonderful to hear you say, because I am yeah, also not, yeah. I mean, I know that animals, all kinds of things happen with wild and exotic animals, um, yeah. especially in Florida. And um, but there, there's a lot of them there. But um, sometimes, if you want to take care of them, you've got to have them in enclosures, which is unfortunate. I mean, it's like I'm not really yeah. for zoos either, but zoos do a lot of amazing work. I mean, they, you know, yeah. they're they're doing a lot of good work for animal conservation. So it, it's it's just one of the one of the things that you have to do. Um, yeah, no, this this where I work, it's um, it's a sanctuary. So she actually takes in animals from all over that have come from adverse situations, right? And gives them a forever home. So uh, the woman that runs it is amazing and, and has got a heart bigger than a house. So yeah, uh, it's a pretty amazing place. I was just watching her Facebook videos just just oh, okay. a few minutes yeah. ago, and uh, yeah, I mean, I saw uh, a giant lion. He, he looks like he's a thousand pounds. Uh, he's a liger, actually. Oh, he's a liger. He's a liger. Liger. So yeah. So he's two parts lion, one part tiger. Okay. So it makes him a liger. Yeah, he oh. is. He's about 750 right now, Whoa. about 750 pounds. He'll probably get to a thousand. He's a massive, massive creature. Woo. That's as yeah. big as some of the, some of the NFL players. Yeah. <laughs> Three of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Three of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and there was, there's some beautiful looking tigers there. It looks yeah. like there's a panther. Yeah. Um, yeah. It looked like a cougar. Yeah, we have um, we have three tigers, uh, the Liger, we have um, a cougar. Um, we our we had two black Asian leopards and a Florida panther that passed away last year, unfortunately. Oh, okay. So they're no longer on the property. We have a black bear, uh, and then she also has she has lemurs, she has raccoons, she has monkeys, farm animal. I mean, just the, there's just a really wide variety of animals. Wow. And we work with all of them. Uh, huh? in my oh, program. Neat. Yeah. So it's yeah. A, there's a mix of, of, uh, a lot of animals, but we also, I really focus on working with nature as well, mm -hmm. because inevitably when I'll have somebody bring up something stressful, nature will begin mirroring it. So the birds, you'll hear the birds or the squirrels will take off or start chattering. And it's in a really amazing it's a it's an amazing thing to watch. It's never accurate and never the same. Never consistent, not accurate, but never consistent. Mm -hmm. um, but there's always something that will happen when people start raising their stress level, and that's that's really my focus is to show. Listen, you can we do get stressed, but if you can be conscious about it, it doesn't spread as quickly into the environment as it would if you weren't conscious about it. So if I'm, if I'm stressed out 
and I'm aware, oh, look, I'm stressed out, then I can do something to change that dynamic. I can ground myself. I can engage all my senses, wiggle my toes. And that keeps me from literally infecting those around me. That makes total sense because yeah. even when you're in an argument, a uh, discussion with your, your <laughs> wife or, or, or your, your fellow, good, fellow man, then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you say, I'm really stressed out right now, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe we, you, we should do this later or something. It, it does have an immediate effect. I mean, it, it, it makes does. a difference if you can communicate that to each other. Yeah, there's a vulnerability. Uh, and I know that's a kind of a taboo word. It's, it's changing. But there's a vulnerability that I think we're all missing. Uh, and we're missing out mm -hmm. by missing, uh, by allowing ourselves to be in that spot. Because it's not like none of us are vulnerable. We're all vulnerable. Right? right. And so, so saying that, you know, and, and having that face forward creates a whole new dynamic in everything, everything. That makes a lot of sense because, um, I mean, I grew up in a, a fairly open minded family, but I still grew up in America and I still grew up yeah. as an American male. And if you're not being shot at in the battlefield, there shouldn't, you know, there shouldn't be anything wrong with you. Mm -hmm. You know, there, there's not, you're not supposed to show any vulnerability. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I pretty much, and my whole family was my, all the males in my family were that way. And, and they grew up, you know, going to Korean war and, and, uh, world war two and things like that. So it's almost like, well, unless you've been to that extreme, you should not there, you shouldn't be vulnerable. And I, I totally see that also in, in people I know that have, problems uh constant mental health problems and stuff that, yeah that i mean they talk about that is that it's very tough to ask for help that's a really hard yeah. thing for some reason in in our culture well i mean if you look at it if you look at it from a generational standpoint um you know look i was just talking to my daughter uh, the other day about my grandfather who if you look at his generation i mean he grew up um, with the Depression, World War One, World War Two, the Korean War, uh, and even the end of the Vietnam or the beginning of the Vietnam War. I mean, he lived through all that. Yeah. And yeah. so you kind of had to suck it up, Buttercup. I mean, you did, <laughs> because if you didn't, you know, I can't imagine that there would be no hope. Right. But as we're progressing and as we're, I'm hoping, evolving, um, I don't think that that attitude is, is as necessary. Matter of fact, I think it's detrimental uh, because what we have is we have a container of, of, of stress that's being held inside uh, that will eventually bubble over. I mean, look at now what's going on in society. Right? Yes, abs mean, absolutely. And this is, I mean, that's what I see personally is that Yes, this comes from extremely uh, issues that have been ignored forever, but it also yeah. comes from a certain amount of stress that's being put on everyone from from a lot of different places, from a, a yeah. lot a lot of different feeders are just are feeding the stress right now. And then you lock everyone up together in a small room or apartment. And it's uh, it makes it's it's not surprising to me. I mean, it, yeah. it's shocking. Sure, that that there this is how that things are going the way they are right now. But, um, you know, stress, it doesn't just disappear without some kind of help. I mean, it, 
And I mean, yeah, I, I think people are incredibly stressed out. So now that's sort of exploding yeah. onto the, their stress is exploding onto the street. And there's, you know, they, they came up with a really, uh, a really good reason for it, a really good, you know, way expression of it and yeah. just exploded. It's, it's really yeah. something. And unfortunately, you know, I mean, listen, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that we need to correct uh, in this life, in this world. And there's no way to know what needs to be corrected until it comes up. Right. And right. There's, right. there's of course things that need to be changed in society. Absolutely. Um, and it's understandable, the reaction to things, no doubt about it. Um, I'm wondering if we can evolve, uh, to change things differently. Uh, and in order to do that, we have to create a resonance that says, um, there is calm and there is peace. Now, you know, listen, as, as a white male, uh, in this society, um, you know, I have to be willing to listen. Yes. I have to be willing to hold a space and I have to be willing to listen. Whether I have an opinion or not is irrelevant. I just have to be willing to listen. And so I think our job, um, this is my opinion, but as white males is to be able to hold that space from a grounded place. And so that's, you know, that's what I've been doing through this whole thing. And that's why I'm teaching this, this constantly is if nothing else, if we can just hold a space and listen, then maybe we can work through this. You know, maybe we can, maybe we can all feel safe again and maybe we can all feel appreciated and all feel justified and equal. That's my hope. That's yeah. And it's been our, probably our hope for two generations at least. Yeah, at least uh, I mean, yeah. I know my dad yeah. was very much part of the civil rights uh, movement. Absolutely. And um, yeah. again, and I agree with you as an older white male, there's not much I can do, but listen, I no. mean, my opinion right. is not really important right now. Um, and I am learning the, probably the biggest lesson of um, I'm learning from podcasting is to listen. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not, absolutely. It doesn't come natural for me, to be quite honest. I, I, yeah. I started a podcast because I can talk a lot, but it, <laughs> <laughs> learning to listen is, is a, is a big one. And it's, a, yeah. you know, when you learn to listen, then um, you can hear things that you probably wouldn't hear otherwise. Um, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, absolutely. Oh, every, every episode I find new and amazing people that have a lot, a lot more to say than I do. So, uh, I would imagine it is an interesting job to be sitting on the other side and listening to the approaches for sure. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. It really yeah. is. And it, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Learn, I learned so much every episode and, you know, learn so much, uh, learn so much from this episode and, uh, Good. yeah. Well, I, I hope you can, I hope you can apply it. Um, because as we were uh, talking about like chronic pain, um, so much of that and what you were bringing up from the family you grew up in and that kind of containment, if, if we contain what we're feeling, the body eventually will break. It's like a glass jar and putting rocks in it. You can cram rocks down in there, but eventually something is going to make that container shatter. So having the ability to ground into that stress and into that pain can make a whole world of difference. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. Uh, 
I'll just have to watch this episode over and over so that I, <laughs> I can no, remember. Well, listen, episode. you could also, I, mean, I, uh, I would encourage you to go on the website and, and just, just get the drop down, uh, hit the drop down, put your email address in. You'll get some follow-up emails. That's in my marketing uh, plan when I tried to be uh, more professional in marketing. Uh, but you can take yourself off the list anytime, but at least you can get the download that, that shows you the technique and just play with it because okay. that any kind of pain, any kind of stress, it's just your body. It's just trying to get you to come back in. And what we try to do is find something outside of us to satiate that pain when really by coming into it, um, the body goes, oh, he's here and I can turn this down a little bit. And again, it, it doesn't necessarily make the stress on the outside go away, but it helps you to navigate. And as we talked about with the reticular activating system, once it identifies that, oh, that's a little different, maybe I can start looking for more calm. It begins to take your body down that same road. Right, right. That, yeah, yeah, that's an amazing technique. Yeah, yeah well, I... Whew. I would like to talk to for several more hours, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you go back. Right on. Go back to what you were doing, and so I'll I'll do a quick wrap up here. First of all, thank you so much for being on. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks so much for the opportunity. It's been a real pleasure, and you know, if I can do any little thing to get the word out about what you're doing and and lowering stress levels, uh, that would be huge. You, the website is it's the catalyst.org. Is that right? No, it's uh, catalystrefuge.com. So C-A-T-A-L-Y-S-T-R-E-F-U-G-E.com. I had to spell that in my head. Okay, sure there'll be a link in all the descriptions. This will be on okay, YouTube great. and everywhere you get a podcast. Link in the descriptions and the book link will also be on, uh, the Amazon link will also be there so people can check out the book. Great. Um, thanks so much yeah thank you it's really been uh really been a pleasure you've been listening to were you still talking this is joel albrecht and my guest this week has been kevin rose did i get that right you Am did I get that playing? right okay that's <laughs> <laughs> right. i answered anything all right so we will oh and oh it's not on you i see anyway that was a terrible outroduction so uh <laughs> that's all right. i have I have many more guests coming up. Maybe they'll be as interesting as Kevin. This, uh, like always, I like to say, be good to each other. And this week, lower your stress level. All right. And I will stop recording right there. All right.